Welcome to Fried Squirms. <laughs> this is your 420 episode of Fried Squirms. I'm Tyler. I'm Danny. Yeah. Evil bong today, Danny. I'm excited. Yeah, it's one we've been kind of toying around for a couple of years and finally getting around to it now. So, yeah. Let's see. We're not actually recording this on 420. We'll figure out how we're going to do this, but we'll probably interrupt our normal release schedule so this drops on 420 because we are the fucking fried squirms and this is kind of what we do. So you should have gotten this episode early if you're listening to this, but that means you're going to wait longer for the next episode because <laughs> then it's going to go back to our normal drop schedule. So Exactly. So this will be our special 420 on 420 episode. And we normally say this at the end of the episode, but we just figured it out ourselves. So next week, we're actually going to be recording on 420. And this month was 420 anyway. So you guys are going to get another stoner comedy horror two weeks in a row. Yeah. And we're going to take those two weeks to ourselves and just get fucking baked. <laughs> so, Well, it's fitting, man. I mean, we wouldn't be the fried squirms if it wasn't for 420 all month long. 420 on 420. That's right. So technically, I guess I'm already kind of starting off the green hits. Yeah. So I just took a rip of some fucking lemon skunk, which from what I understand was like its lineage is skunk. It's just that it was, you know, bred from phenotypes that gave off a little bit extra lemony pungency to them. Yeah, just a little bit more on the citrusy side, which is nice, mm -hmm. man. I like that limonene. Since it does come from skunk, you do get a little bit of like the peppery, the herbal in there too, but... It's pretty fucking lemony, so... Yeah, smelled nice. I know. And this is going to be, like, the only... like Even though we're doing Evil Bong, man, both me and you switch mostly to vapes these days, and there's kind of a reason for that. I don't need to be burning through that much weed. I'm going to finish off this fucking bong load, and that's going to be it for that <laughs> motherfucker for today. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. We got some joints, though. What did you bring me here? So I brought over pretty much the same shit I brought over last week. I brought over a strain called Blueberry Muffin which is the offspring of Blueberry, which I've mentioned several times, one of my favorite strains, and Purple Panty Droppers. And in my vaporizer, I brought over some concentrate, mm. which I've mentioned before in the past, which is the Berry Kush or Kush Berry. It's not bad. Yeah, and I know I threw a, a J of some Girl Scout cookies your way, too. So we're going to get good and fuck up oh, this, this yeah. episode. I'm going to take a hit, but I suppose we can get into some guts and bolts. Yeah, I think because uh, we've already mentioned these strains before, I'm ready. Guts and Bolts. All right, Guts and Bolts of Evil Bong. What goes into an Evil Bong other than weed? <laughs> well, we're about to find out shortly. Let's see, synopsis, spoiler-free synopsis for Evil Bong. This group of stoner roommates and their square new cohort receive a cursed bong that starts putting them out one by one. I think that's too spoilery, right? Yeah, I think that's about uh, as spoiler-free as we can get, <laughs> considering. So, uh, of course, from week to week, we like to talk about the people that go into making the film and the people that are in front of the screen as well. And this week, I'm going to lead off with somebody we've actually mentioned before because of last week, but our director and one half of our writing team is Charles Band. And Charles Band's got some really cool credits to his name, and I'm going to lead off a little bit with a brief history lesson, I suppose, with him. So because of last week with From Beyond, we mentioned that Empire Pictures was one of the uh, production companies. Right. And reason being is because he actually owned it, Charles Band, that is. And it lasted up until the late 80s, and then he formed Full Moon Futures. And with that, you started getting films like the Puppet Master series, the Subspecies series. Some of his other films are for like Ghoulies, we already mentioned, Reanimator, Prehysteria. So when you look at his list of directing credits, they're pretty extensive. It actually started in the 70s, but uh, in the 80s is kind of where he made his name with films like Trancers. Then you had stuff like Dr. Morded. You had... Dollman vs. Demonic Dolls, The Creeps, Blood Dolls. Uh, we mentioned all those Puppet Master films, Doll Graveyard, The Ginger Dead Man. So if you've seen any of the films that are in those Full Moon features, they were a product of Charles Band. So he has a lot of input in his company, which is really cool. I kind of liken him to Lloyd Kaufman. He's what Lloyd Kaufman is to Troma. 
So that's what he is to Full Moon. Right. All right. So the other half of a writing team includes Dominic Meyer. And sometimes you'll see him go by the name August White. We've actually talked about him before because on our episode of Critters, he was responsible for the screenplay on that. Some of his other films include things such as Decadent Evil, Doll Graveyard, The Ginger Dead Man. He's done the sequel to this film, Evil Bong 2 and Evil Bong Part 3, Devil Dolls, Ginger Dead Man vs. Evil Bong. And more recently, he helped with Critters Attack, the TV movie, and it was because of uh, the characters that he had helped write for in the original Critters All right, our cinematographer is a gentleman we mentioned last week, but that is Mac Alberg. He's a Swedish director of photography. Now, I didn't mention a whole lot of his filmography last week, but looking at it this week, I'm like, man, I really missed a good opportunity because uh, in the 80s is another one of those places where he made his name because of films like The Dungeon Master, Trancers, Ghoulies. He was a DP on Reanimator. Uh, If you've ever seen House 1 and Part 2, he's responsible for both of those films. He helped with Stuart Gordon's film Dolls. He was also responsible for such things as Deep Star 6. He was responsible for 17 episodes of The Wonder Years from 1988 through 89. No shit. Yeah. I fucking love me some Wonder Years, dude. There was a show on Showtime I used to watch. I probably shouldn't have because I was way too young. But there was a show called Dream On, and he helped with 28 episodes from 1990 through 91. If you've ever seen Michael Jackson's Black or White video, he was a DP for that. Oh, wow. Yeah, the Brady Bunch movie. Black or White. (laughs) Yeah, it's such a... Yeah, so Macaulay Culkin. A very Brady sequel, Space Truckers. Dude, a very Brady sequel is a fucking dope movie. Yeah, it's it's some really cool films like... Those um, Brady Bunch movies were really fucking funny. I think that's how the sec or the first one never got to see this the sequel. Might have to do that now. <laughs> but some other films include Deathbed, King of Ants, Puppet Master, The Legacy, and Doctor Moreau's House of Pain. Now, unfortunately, this was his last film in his filmography. Oh shit! Yeah. All right. So moving ahead, we have our editors. We have E. Dylan Costa, who was responsible for such films as Doll Graveyard. The Ginger Dead Man, The Haunted Casino, and Proxy Kill. In the other half of that editing team, we have Danny Draven. Now, he goes by a couple of different names as well, but some of his filmography is really cool. I've mentioned some of those full moon feature films, things like uh, The Ginger Dead Man, Doll Graveyard, mm-hmm. Decadent Evil. He also helped with things like uh, The Brotherhood, Part 5 and 6, if you've ever seen any of those, The Pit and the Pendulum from 2009, he helped edit the sequel to this film, Evil Bong Part 2, King Bong, Demonic Toys, Puppet Masters of Evil. He's done the 1313 movies. There's a shit ton of those. Hmm. Yeah, so some really cool films, man. Uh, a lot of horror films, essentially. All right, moving ahead, we have Music was composed by District 78. And we also have Kieran Hayden. She's responsible for writing some lyrics, I think some uh, composition to one of the songs. Okay. There's... Ah, man, I don't want to mention them quite yet, but later on in the trivia, there were some shocking names that I had recognized. (laughs) It's like, holy shit. So I'm excited to talk about those guys. But the music by District 78, they helped compose for such films as The Haunted Casino. They did MTV's Top Pop Group, Evil Bong Part 2, The Bunker of Blood Chapter 6 and Chapters 8, and Dance Off. So you might have heard of some of their work on those films and television shows. We have Jeffrey S. Farley and Dirk Von Bester. They help with these special effects. Now, with Jeffrey S. Farley, he is a FX designer. And, man, he's got some really cool credits. Man, I don't want to mention all his films. I'll mention just a few, like, specifically big ones. Mm-hmm. So... We've mentioned Pet Cemetery. He was a lab technician on that. If you've ever seen the film License to Kill, he helped with the shark puppet crew on that. He's done such things as Silent Night, Deadly Night Part 5, Alien Part 3, the movie Wolf, The Santa Claus, Scanner Cop Part 2, The Retro Puppet Master, which is really neat. If you've ever seen the Freaky Links television series, he was the creature effects guy for that for six episodes. He helped with the special effects makeup in Scary Movie Part 2, which is actually one of my favorites, man. Wow. Just looking through his filmography, he's also helped with a lot of full moon features as well. And Dirk Von Besser, 
Some of his films include things like The Blob. He helped with the animation department on The Iron Giant. If you've ever seen Osmosis Jones, he helped with the animation on that. And The Prince of Egypt as well. Hmm. Yeah, so some pretty cool credits to those guys' name. All right, moving ahead, we have producers were Joe Dane and Jethro Roth Kushel. Production companies were Talos Entertainment and Forbidden Worlds. They helped present along with shoot productions they were in association with. The distributor, of course, was Full Moon Pictures for the 2006 United States DVD release. It had a release date on October 31st, 2006 here in the States, and it does have a tagline, and that's, Dude, it's one scary trip. <laughs> oh, I hate it and love it all at once. Yeah, I'd say not the best, but I mean, you know, considering this film, I can understand it. All right, so moving along, I want to talk about our cast. We've got a pretty cool cast. I'm going to lead off with David Weedoff. He plays the role of Alistair McDowell. I wait, I like this one. Who's smoking who? I like that too. That's pretty good. That one's on the front of this poster that I'm looking at here. Nice. All right, so David, he's been in such films as Roommates, uh, which actually a television series back in 2009. He was also in The Altergeist. All right, moving forward, we have John Patrick Jordan, who plays the role of Larnell in this film, one of the stoner roommates. Some of his credits include Pitch, which looks like that was a Fox series back in 2016. He was a part of the Morning Show movie back in 2019, so last year, and Little Fires Everywhere, which if you've been on YouTube recently... Uh, I have one gripe. Like, I don't mind Alanis Morissette, but her acapella when she's doing, uh, you remind me. <laughs> it's like, oh, God. But I keep seeing the ads for that show, Little Fires Everywhere. So you'll be able to see John in that. All right, moving ahead, we have Mitch Eakins. He plays the role of Bachman in this film. Now, he's been in such films as Glory Road. He reprises his role in The Evil Bong Part 2 and Part 3. He's done some voiceover work for Titanfall Part 2, the video game. You might have also heard his voice in Call of Duty, World War II, and Modern Warfare. And more recently, Red Dead Redemption Part 2. Oh, no shit. That's funny. Yeah. That's pretty neat. All right. We have Brian Lloyd, who plays the role of Brett. So that kind of rounds out the stoner crew there. Yeah. Sans Alistair. But... Brian has been in such films as Candy Strippers, Evil Bong Part 2, and Evil Bong Part 3, and the film Dances with Werewolves. Hmm. It's like, that's kind of interesting. All right, we have Robin Sidney. This is going to be uh, one half of the two gals in this film that hang out with the dudes. Okay. I couldn't, okay, Luann. I couldn't remember Luann. She's the wild I remember one. Janet, but. <laughs> All right, so Robin, she's been in some really cool stuff. I'm going to go through her filmography real quick. All right, so when you look at her filmography, she's been in such things as The Ginger Dead Man. She was in Big Bad Wolf, Dead Man's Hand. She also reprises her role in Evil Bong's Part 2 and 3. She was also in The Ginger Dead Man Part 3. She was in Night of the Living Dead 3D reanimation. And more recently, some of her films include Evil Bong 420 and Evil Bong High Five. Which she plays different roles, interestingly enough. But some of her television credits, which is really interesting. She was in an episode of ER back in 2003. She was in Masters of Horror, the episode Right to Die back in 2007. She had a recurring role as Jackie in Drake and Josh. And she was also in Femme Fatales, <laughs> the television series. All right, moving forward, we have Kristen Green, who plays the role of Janet, who's the other gal in that little group. But she was in such films as Doll Graveyard. Pretty Cool 2, The Haunted Casino, and 21 and a Wake Up. All right. Now, this is a name people should be familiar with, especially considering the, the holiday we're celebrating. That's right. All right. I'm talking about Tommy Chong. He plays the role of Jimbo Leary in this film. I thought you were going to say Phil Fondacaro. Well, that's another name, people. Well, <laughs> they might not, not really. recognize him, but they might recognize some of his roles. But with uh, Tommy Chong, if you've ever seen any of, of the Cheech I and Chong, Chong but. yeah. <laughs> but if you've like, say, if you've ever seen any of the Cheech and Chong movies, or if you were a fan of that '70s show, I would hope you would be familiar with Tommy Chong. Now, you know he makes guest appearances in a lot of like low-budget films, things like that. So. I don't want to get too much into his filmography because we'd be going on for days, but he was actually in the reboot, Jane Silent Bob. It's true, which we just talked about over on General Nerdery, just to plug my other podcast real quick, if you need other 420 listening. You know what else I just saw that he was in? 
which I'm really more interested in now, mm-hmm. is Color Out of Space. Oh, shit. No doubt. That is really awesome. I can't confirm this. Right. But I should point out that my little brother is possibly named after a Cheech and Chong skit. Oh, nice, dude. Good old Basketball Jones. Tyrone Shoelaces. That's fine. <laughs> that's pretty good. I like that, dude. Basketball Jones. I mean, if he is, that's awesome. Basketball Jones. <laughs> man, I can't get enough of those, those Cheech and Chong films, man. They're so funny. <laughs> we have Michelle Mays. She plays, or actually she voices E.B., a.k.a. the Evil Bong. Evil Bong. Yeah. So some of her actual filming credits where you can see her face include COD. She was a prostitute, a toot, in Trading Places back in the 80s. It was really neat. She was also a temp in Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead. And she reprises her role as E.B. throughout the Evil Bong franchise as well. Hmm. So if you continue watching these films, you'll hear her voice. All right. We have Jacob Whitkin. He plays the role of Cyril. Also, uh, you can call him Larnell's grandpa in this Oh, film. okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I did look at some of his filmography. Some really interesting films. Poor man's rip torn. <laughs> yeah, you could say that. He kind of tears into those guys. They're just really funny. It's <laughs> <That's> fucking great. <laughs> okay, so with Jacob, he was in the television series Swamp Thing as General Sunderland, Zeus Sunderland, yeah, from 1990 through 93. Looks like seven episodes of that. He was in the movie Showgirls as Talking Caesar. Talking about general nerdery. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? right? Uh, you might have heard his voice in Star Wars Jedi Knight Dark Forces Part Two as Morgan Catron. He was in Sabrina the Teenage Witch as Frankenstein in the episode Goodwill Haunting, which is really neat. He was also in Puppet Master the Legacy. He was in Dr. Moreau's House of Pain. Uh, he was in an episode of Masters of Horror, the Sick Girl episode, which is a Lucky McKee episode. Mm. He's also in Ginger Man Part 2, Passion of the Crust. I know he, yeah, say so he reprises his role in Evil Bongs 2 and 3. He was also in an episode of How I Met Your Mother, which is really neat, man. Yeah, it looks like he returns in Evil Bong Part 5 as well, so hmm. pretty interesting. And if you've ever seen the movie Hail Caesar, he plays Saul of Tarsus in that as well. Oh, crazy. I haven't watched that yet. I need to. Yeah, i got a star-studded cast. I'm kind of curious about that. All right, so the man, the myth, the legend, Phil Fandacaro. <laughs> He uh, plays Roland a club patron from Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Yeah, absolutely right. He was also in Ewok, yep. <laughs> which is freaking wild. The reason I brought up Decadent Evil a couple times is because he's in that film, which is a part of the Full Moon Features yes. films. Also might have seen him in Under the Rainbow. I said he was in Ewok because of Return of the Jedi. He was in The Black Cauldron. He was in the film Troll. Uh, he was also Greaser Greg in the Garbage Pell Kids movie. <laughs> Pretty wild. <laughs> and I would be remiss if I didn't mention at least that he was in 1988's Willow alongside oh, Warwick shit. Davis. Yeah, that's right. You know what? He was also a hooded dwarf in Phantasm Part Two. Oh, what the fuck? Uh-huh. This is really neat, man. Yeah, he's been in some really cool shit. Touched by an angel, Bordello of Blood, Adam's I, Family Reunion. Yeah. I probably remember him most from Sabrina and Adam's Family Reunion. Nice. Yeah, it's like I, I definitely recognize them in Willow because I, I do remember there's not, Willow. There's, yeah, not Willow. there's not too many little people, but <laughs> once you see one little person, you never forget them. And I mean, okay, is it inappropriate to talk about the exact heights of little people? I don't think because so. I mean, there's like, different levels of, the, of it. Yeah, because he's one of the littler ones because he's like three foot six, something like that. Yeah, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Yeah. Not like super littler one because I think uh, like Vern Troyer, I think was even smaller. If oh I remember, man, right? yeah, literally mini me. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we have Tim Thomerson as a patron as well, Jack Death in this. And we've actually talked about him before because he was in Near Dark as Lloyd Colton, which was the father oh, shit. Okay. of Caleb in that film. Yeah, so we our episode 148, if you're interested in that. But he's also been in such things as Hawaii Five O, which is really neat. I think he got more or less recognition because of his role in Trancers, which is a part of the Full Moon Features. I mean, he's done some really cool shit outside of that, too. I mean, he was in Who's Harry Crumb, which is a pretty good movie, man. Air America, I don't know if you've ever mm. seen that. It's a pretty extensive filmography, just kind of scrolling through it. And it's mostly just as a character actor and a lot of bit parts, which is really neat. All right, we have Bill Mosley, 
a gentleman who is not unfamiliar to this show. <laughs> Man, how many times have we talked about Bill now? I don't know. Uh, quite a bit, but this is a blink and you'll miss him. Well, it's funny because he kind of even mentions that in the film. He's like, what the hell am I even doing here? <laughs> <laughs> Which is amazing. But, I mean, we talked about him because of House of a Thousand Corpses, The Devil's Rejects, Texas Chainsaw Massacre Part 2. What was it? Death House. Mm-hmm. Shit. I mean, we've done a, a mini-sode, I suppose. Um, three from Hell. Yeah, Three from Hell. So, man, if you don't know Bill Mosley by now, how many times we've talked about him, we've also mentioned uh, the fact that he was in The Blob, he was in Pink Cadillac, The First Power. It's actually a pretty decent Lou Diamond Phillips film, man. Repo, The Genetic Opera. Yeah, Texas Chainsaw 3D. Sidetrack comes in a little glass file? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and like it's just uh, a familiar face in a shit ton of horror films, so it's pretty cool to see him, even though, like you say, it was just uh, blinking, you'll miss it, you know? I've got a few other actors, and that'll kind of round out our cast. I have Sonny Carl Davis. He's the delivery guy. A little bit of trivia. It's not really a spoiler, but he reprises his role in every single adaptation of these evil bong films. I think there's seven or eight of them at this point. That's funny. And he's always the delivery guy. (laughs) So... There's that. But a few of his film credits include the films The Burbs. He was in Thelma and Louise. He was also in Fast Times at Ridgemont High. It looks like more recently he was in such things as Waiting for the Miracle to Come, Shoot the Moon Right Between the Eyes, and Bunker of Blood, Chapter 8. All right, we have Mae Laborde. She plays the role of Rosemary, which is Cyril slash Grandpa's wife. Hot wife, I might add. Now, something I read about her, she didn't start acting until she was in her 90s. And I think she went all the way until she was like 103 or some shit. 102. 102, okay, yeah. That's crazy. All right, but some of her films include the films The Heartbreak Kid, which is actually a pretty good Ben Stiller film. I've actually seen that. She was in Pineapple Express. And she was also in a few episodes of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia back in 2008 through 2009. All right, last but not least, I do want to mention this gentleman because he voices a character that's essential throughout these series, and that is John Carl Beekler. He voices, and he's also a puppeteer of the Ginger Dead Man in this film. But along with that, he's actually a director in some really cool fucking films, and I have to say that, man. So as a director, he's directed such Holy films. Holy shit, I'm looking at it right yeah, now. Yeah, as a Dungeon Master, mm. Troll, Cellar Dweller, which is a film I think I brought up last week, uh, Friday the 13th, Part 7, The New Blood, Ghoulies Part 3, Ghoulies Go to College, which is kind of funny. <laughs> the Strange Case of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. He was a producer on Deep Freeze. He was a writer for a couple of those films I mentioned earlier. And he was an actor in the films Hatchet and Hatchet Part 2 as Jack Cracker, which I've seen and own both of those films. <laughs> so it was really neat seeing him, and, or at least hearing his voice in this. So, yeah, that rounds out our cast and our crew. I know you gave us a brief synopsis. Some warnings? Drug use and titties. Lots of boobies. Definitely drug use. Some cussing. Very low blood and goreness, considering. Yeah, very low. Very, very low. A little low. bit of splashed blood. Yeah. Yeah, so if you're averse to any of those, I mean, it's not really... I mean, it's a, it's a comedy more so. Yeah. You know, so... It... Yeah. We'll leave it at that for now, and I'll talk about it more here in a couple seconds when we find out how it made us squeal. How does that make you squeal? All right, Danny. So the important question has been posed. How did this make you squeal? <laughs> well, if I'm going to be honest... I squealed a few times in the light. I squealed often in kind of irritation, <laughs> a little dismay. <laughs> but overall, I mean, it's it's not a bad film. I'll, I will say this. I knew what to expect because I did know it was a full moon feature. So I knew not to have too, no puns intended, but not to have too high expectations for this film. See, I came in thinking it was going to be Schindler's List because it was called Evil Bong. No, I mean, I know what I'm getting with some full moon, so... I realized I don't think I've ever seen a full moon picture. Oh, yeah. I, I grew up with full moon pictures. I was looking at the list, and I'm like, I've seen scenes from some of them, so I kind of knew what I was going to get. But as I was looking through the list of full moon pictures, I was like, I don't know if I've actually seen a full one of any of these. Wow. So this might be your first one, mm. eh? Yeah. Yeah, I wasn't completely uninformed coming into it. Honestly, I got a little bit better than what I thought it was going to be. 
I enjoyed this movie more than I thought it was. Yeah, going it's not. To. I mean, overall, it's not a, a horrible film. It's not a great film, but it's entertaining. Yeah, parts of it mostly just left me str- scratching my head, but <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of that. Not gonna lie, I liked this more than 420 Massacre. Other than the bong being shoved through the head part in 420 Massacre. Yeah. That was dope. That was fucking killer. No, they were, that was really good. Because this leaves a, quite a bit to be desired when it comes to the fucking kills. No kidding, right? <laughs> so, But maybe not to the tits. That's a good point. <laughs> I guess maybe leaning into this film, like actually going into it. Because I think prior to this, I'd never seen it before either. Right. So this is my first time and second time watching this film overall. But we did mention, too, a while back we considered this for like one of our 420 episodes. Mm-hmm. But because we couldn't find it streaming anywhere, we're like, fuck it. And I think we maybe went with Idle Hands that year, perhaps. Sounds right. Yeah. But I didn't remember it was on our radar for a little while. So anyhow, going into the film, one thing I do enjoy about it is the opening title, like sequence, theme, whatever. Because it leads off with a track by 99 Cent Baby. It's called <laughs> Wicked Weed. I was like, yeah, I can relate. Yeah, that was sweet. <laughs> it kind of sets up what this film's about, in a sense, through lyrics. Some of the soundtrack was pretty killer. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I liked it. I'm probably going to listen to parts of the soundtrack on actual 420 when I wake up and do my my 420 ritual. (laughs) Yeah, some wake and bake. That's right. Some hits from a bong. I mean, I'll be doing some research for movies, so I won't be able to get into as many movies as I'd like, but probably at least watch Friday or How High or Half-Baked. Can't go wrong with any of those. We'll see. One of those, for sure. Nice, man. If not all of them by the time the day is done, so. Well, fun. So, when it does finally cue into the guys, it leads off with a smoking Jesus. Dude, that was fucking perfect, because I watched it for the first time yesterday, which, because we're recording this a week before 420, was Easter. And I'm like, that's smoking Jesus. (laughs) Hell yeah, he's risen. (laughs) Get me risen. That's right. It's like, okay, cool. But what we're getting is the introduction to Alistair, who is the nerd guy who doesn't smoke. Like I said, he's super straight edge. But Larnell is the one who answers the door. He's kind of sketchy at first about who this guy is, checking him for wires. But it amounts to like 40 bucks per week, $5 for a mattress. Well, I'd say two of them are stoners, and one is the jock, who's Brett. I was going to say, so yeah, we got... I'm going to talk about most of them probably over the course of this <laughs> a bit disparagingly from some time to another, but it's only because they are all me or people I know. <laughs> That's funny. Man. Being a stoner myself, but like Larnell is kind of like preppy burnout stoner. Yeah, because it's made mention that he does come for money. I've seen this guy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. I think especially we all have. living here in this town. Like, oh, some of these college kids come in. Some of them come for money. They come to fucking Zoo Town and just start getting fucking stoned all the time because we've got the most amount of dispensaries per capita of any city in the Not United to brag States. or to boast, but, you know, <laughs> it is a fact. And then they come to shop at our store where you can get some really good munchies. That's right. So he was familiar. I've seen this guy. Yeah, Bachman, he was a surfer stoner. Yep. Not as familiar in these places. No. We're landlocked. There is a surfing community, not quite the same. Not, yeah, not your your West Coast. It's more river. Yeah. (laughs) It's a totally different beast. I recognized him as a stereotype. He reminded me a little bit of the character in the movie Airborne, that kid. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a little, but if that kid was like a super stoner. And then there was Brett. Because, of course, his name was Brett. Brett, Brett. (laughs) And I was like, fuck. He was such an annoyingly accurate bro stoner. Yep, that's exactly what he is. And I'm like, these aren't the stoners I normally associate with, but I recognize and validate their existence. (laughs) We've either gone to school with them or, or know the stereotype. Yeah. Now, I've found, I don't know about you, but I've found bro stoner to be a little bit more of a transitory phase. Because usually you can't keep up that broness so much when you're getting stoned all the time. Oh, yeah. That shit starts to wear. I mean, not that I was – because we we both played sports, you know, and yeah. I don't can really consider either one of us like super jocks. But I think a lot of that does have to do with smoking marijuana and all that stuff. I mean, it really chills you out. And a lot of that bro stuff to kind of like whatever. <laughs> it's kind of stupid anyway. But I've known guys. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. 
they're becoming stoners in a bigger way. Yeah. But they're bros. It's it's funny in a sense because, you know, it's you still puffing your chest out, but then eventually you're like, oof. Which all right. At the end of this film, which I'll he's not that. as broy towards even the middle of this film. No, no, it's no. It's mostly that first scene. Yeah, I mean, it's just bravado. Mm-hmm. It's just, I think they're just living up to the stereotypes, you know. But I think that's a good representation of what these characters are, at least, like I said, what those stereotypes are. Once again, that's kind of the reason I like this a little bit more than 420 Massacre, because these all feel like realistic stoners, even in this weird over-the-top movie. Yeah. And like, I recognize the truth in these people, because I know <laughs> these people. It's something we've all probably encountered one time or another. All right. So after some of the introductions, and like I said, we get the, uh, the introduction of Brett's little trophy case there. <laughs> I think it's Larnell's reading a High Time magazine, and he's reading the ad. And I did write down what he was saying. He says, there's a large bong for sale. It was originally purchased in the 60s in New Orleans. He says, recently the deceased owner says that it was possessed. Right? And he's like, look, no one's bought it yet. And so they get the express delivery, which I'll mention here in a moment. <laughs> so after that, it, it goes into the next scene. I think it's like the next day or whatever it is. So this is one of the things that brought up a question for me. kind of funny. Me. Before we move on too much, and okay. I, I want you to get to your funny part, but this brought up a question for me. Like, for as much as they were getting right in this movie, little things like the way they talked about EB and the reason they fucking ordered the bong in the first place bugged me. Right. Because, right. like, have you ever talked about any smoking accoutrement in the way that it's going to increase your high? Oh, yeah, I know what you're saying. Rather than, no. like, nah, that piece just rips. Like, Right, 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 right. And if they were being like, oh, no, this bong is supposed to fucking just... Super elevate you, bro, to the next level. <laughs> it's like, wow. all right. What, are you fucking, like, rimming the fucking top with angel dust before I take a fucking I, rip? Like, I know, right? Sherman Helmsley, you need to calm down. <laughs> I'm not trying to get that level. <laughs> but, yeah, I know, I know exactly what you're saying with that, because it gets linked into, by one, at least one of the characters, uh, Arnell. Once again, though, if they just would have changed the terminology just a little bit and being like, oh, no, it's supposed to just... Oh, it's a ripper. Yeah. <laughs> it's a Jesse and the Rippers. <laughs> All right. Take down a whole party bowl by yourself. You won't even know. <laughs> Leaning into things, what I thought was funny was the sound effects that they chose to use for when Larnell was playing Super Mario World. That's like I didn't pay attention to the sound effects. That Fuck. it sounded like he was playing more of an action shooter game <laughs> than Mario being on Yoshi eating apples. <laughs> it did not sound like that at all. And that's I got a giggle out of that. But that's when that delivery guy shows up with the secret package. Dude, first, what the fuck is with the fucking animated weed graphic scene transitions? Oh yeah, they do. <laughs> they use a lot of that. That is something I recognize more as being associated with trailer trash stoners. Once again, I say it that way because I know and love them. <laughs> yeah, it's like... These are all the people that I was part of growing up. I smoked in a lot of trailers. I was a trailer trash stoner, which is why I recognize this very well. Like, we've all been there. <laughs> no shame. You see exactly what I'm saying, though, right? Like, 3D animated pot leaf graphics is... Yeah, I know as exactly a train scene transition. Right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Come on, <laughs> that is funny, man. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> All right, there's a few things to note that leads into stereotypes. And clock on the wall always reads 420. I didn't notice that. Anytime you see the clock, Fuck. always reads 420. That's actually kind of clever and funny. All right, another thing is is a catchphrase. Somebody somebody has to have a catchphrase in this movie. Monkey. Oh, yeah. Oh, monkey. <laughs> all right, so it's like, all right, Bachman has the catchphrase, and it's actually pretty decent. It's not bad. I kind of hated it until we just now did it ourselves. <laughs> now I kind of love it's it. It's like, oh, monkey. Monkey. <laughs> no one's going to get it unless they've seen this. <laughs> Come on, give me a monkey, man. Give, give me, me a, a monkey. monkey. I'm like, what is wrong with you guys? <laughs> right. Oh, wait, okay. For real, the, back during the introductions... Larnell made a good point, and as much as it, once you see fucking Bachman's stash later, as much as these guys are smoking, Alistair's getting high. Oh, yeah. All of them sharing that Dude. one room, 
Alistair's baked all the time. You're basically hotboxing that whole dorm, apartment, whatever it is. Right. Because they're not living in a very big space. No. You don't get to see exactly how big the kitchen is. And there's like at least one other kind of bedroom looking area for sure. Mm -hmm. That's it. Yeah. It's for four dudes. It's not much space. That might not even be a bedroom. That's probably the bathroom. I thought it was when there was a scene later on with Grandpa. That's what I took it for. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Because they go into the bathroom. Yeah. So it's. It's cramped in there, dude. (laughs) Dude sleeping on the floor. Got a mattress. Whatever. Yeah, squeak that bed's yours. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. I was thinking that. All the way, I was like, I wonder how much Charles Band or is it Dominic Mir, which one of those were watching some of that shit, you know, basketball yeah. and all that stuff. Because they felt like that. It felt like it was like, <laughs> like squeak coming over, getting to live with him now. <laughs> it's like, dude, you're still a little bitch. Um, <laughs> yeah, Al, you're still a little bitch. Don't call me Al. <laughs> it's Alistair. Okay, little bitch. <laughs> All right. So the guys do have that smoke session is what you were talking about, right? And later that night, it starts to come to life a bit. I, I think it might be, is it Bachman? There's a few of the guys who kind of feel it in the sleep. But 24 hours later after that night, we get the, the sesh with Larnell and Bachman, like, ripping it. It seems like Bachman's taking a real good liking to it, according to Larnell. Okay, so let's talk about E.B. for a second, because mm-hmm. now E.B.'s up on screen, it's been delivered. Yeah, she has, like, this little, like, yeah, more. <laughs> She's starting to come to life a little bit. First off, how much more rip do you think you get if you just rip out of E.B.'s stem? Mm. I, <laughs> yeah, perhaps. Next, I would never buy E.B. myself, because it doesn't have a carb. I hate that shit. Yeah, that's it was a weird looking bong to begin with. I mean the the community hose style shit is cool. Like I've smoked hookahs and shit. Like, right. I get how all yeah. that goes, but for my weed, I don't want that hit getting stale in there. Give me a carb. Yeah, that stale shit is a little gross. <laughs> it's gross. <laughs> Unless the implication it was pulling in the air through the top. Ah, uh, maybe. I doubt it. I seriously doubt it. Right? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's just I guess that's just my personal preference, but that's understandable. Shit with carbs. That's my Old personal school, preference. Yeah, yeah. It's good Give me a go. carb. Anyway, that's like just nitpicking. Rip. We that's just a, like to rip. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, give me a fucking cursed bong that's going to send me a fucking strip club any day of the week because that's what we're it's about to BC get to. Some BC bud and so, yeah, I mean that's what I'm leading into essentially is is the higher these guys get and it's starting off with Bachman, right? He gets super stoned. E.B. sends him into uh, Bong World, apparently, whatever it's called. And that's the yes. tit, that's the, the strip club, the titty bar, whatever you want to call it, right? One of those gals didn't mention, I guess, in our cast and crew, but I didn't even write her name down. Not that it matters too much, but wasn't she like on something with Brett Michaels, one of those VH1? Uh, Brandy Cunningham, who was on Brett Michaels' Rock of Love on VH1. <laughs> Was the one that gives teethy blowjobs. Yeah, the blonde in this one, out of the strippers. I was like, all right, that's cool. So when Bachman gets to that world, you know, he sits down. One of the girls goes over. She's got the skull brawn. He puts his hand in it, and then he gets mowed down. So when these guys get mowed down in their sleep, it looks like E.B., the evil bong has taken their souls, and she's becoming more, I guess, powerful, uh, powerful and, and exactly right. She's coming to life, so to speak. So the next morning, the guys find out that yeah, dude's dead, and then they're trying to figure out what to do with them before the girls come over. All right, so curious your thoughts on it. EB's not a bad way to go, right? Because like, it's not dead, dead. They show that you can come back from it. Yeah, Jimbo comes back from it. Oh, man. Dude even interacts with Bachman later, and there's nothing to indicate that that's actually E.B. pretending to be Bachman. Yeah. It seems like it might just be Bachman after he got mowed on a little bit. I know you're saying when, when Homeboy comes to visit Larnell. So if you have to die <laughs> once, but then you're just hanging out in an eternal titty bar where anything you want's being brought to you. Like, and your uh, homeboys can still bring you back as long as they defeat the bong. Yeah. It's not a bad way to go, right? Like, right. Maybe you leave like a note. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm going to Bong World for a couple days. Come in and give the Bong some shit. Yeah, make sure my body doesn't get fucked with while I'm gone. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, at least do me that favor. And, uh, yeah, bring me back. (laughs) (laughs) That'd be crazy. It's not bad. Not a bad gig if you can get it. (laughs) All right. Me and Ooga Booga are playing Limp Biscuit. Oh, my gosh, dude. That was pretty funny. When that happens, he starts to beat it. A couple of these dolls in there do that, man. I thought it was kind of funny. Even Ginger Dead Man later on shows up Mm -hmm. creaming. (laughs) That's pretty funny, man. Yeah. Anyhow, we do get the introduction to the girls. We find out that uh, Alistair has a, a liking to Janet, Brett and Luann. There's one scene with E.B. as they're leaving Brett and the girls are leaving. She's like, bitch. <laughs> I don't know if I caught that. That's fucking... F- oh, fuck. Yeah, it's because that's when Luann comes back in and she gets in Larnell's face. It's like, I didn't... Oh, right. Okay. He's like... Dude, that introduction of the girls was kind of awkward. Yeah, it's weird. Right. Homeboy's, you know, he's washing his underwear in the freaking sink. Well, not just that, but fucking like Larnell, like shooting his shot straight off. Oh, that was kind of funny. I'll just like calling him out and just really awkwardly talking. I'm not that interested in you at all. He's like, all right, that's cool. We're adults here. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Who wants a brewski? Yeah, exactly. Let's party down, bros. I mean, that's cool, man, I suppose. And with the chicks coming in, fucking Luann goes straight to the fucking weed. Dude, that's crazy. Taking handfuls. Did you see? She had to have grabbed like an ounce at least. Did you see how much she fucking took? I mean, there's, there's a little. Did you see how much they had? I did. She's <laughs> like, is this cool, Bachman? He's like, uh, but they have like a little girl to chat after she grabs it. I think she's like, look how much shit I got from him. Right? That's fucked up. <laughs> I was like, damn. She took handfuls of that shit. You better slow down, slow your roll. <laughs> All uh, right, it's not even Bachman she's with. No, that's that's Brett's girl. All right, when the guys are trying to hide Bachman right after he's succumbed. I do want to point out, though, that mm-hmm. Brett and Luann are actually both so terrible that I completely bought them as a couple, and I actually thought they had really good chemistry <laughs> in this movie. <laughs> it it felt like a good couple. I mean, it felt like... It's like, yeah, I've seen that before. Yeah. <laughs> seen that couple. <laughs> All right, Grandpa shows up is what I was getting at. That's what it leads into. And that's when it kind of gets funny a little bit. That was fucking, dude, <laughs> Grandpa had a fucking mouth on him. He did. I wasn't expecting that. Did you that. write down any of his lines? Because I'm I, kicking myself that I, I didn't. I didn't, man. I should have. What I liked is the exchange that Larnell's having with his grandpa. And he's trying to find out because he's like, yeah, my new wife, she's real hot. All the guys wanted to poke at her or something like that, right? And they're like, oh, shit. He's like, I always wanted a hot grandma. You let me bang on the side or some shit like that. He's like, you little fucking punk. <laughs> All right. And she's like, well, she's just out here and brings in Rosemary. <laughs> like, oh, shit. That was funny. I was suddenly terrified that she was the one parking the car. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, considering she was. I was like, what? No. You two need a caretaker. <laughs> yeah, they need to be quarantined. A uh-huh, young t- caretaker that Larnell can bang on the side. <laughs> and exactly. Right? That's what we were expecting. We didn't. I thought that was funny. Somewhere a little bit later on after all that stuff happens, transpires. That's, I think, too, where maybe it's Alistair wheels off Grandpa to the bathroom. Right. And then we get the the next scene is Brett giving the pep talk to Alistair about Janet. He's like, you're going to get laid tonight, son. Uh, that's when Larnell has his smoke session with E.B. He passes out. He goes to Titty Bar, runs into Bachman, you know, has his, his little lap dance. Goes pretty much the same way, except it's sharks. Which, sharks? All right. (laughs) All right, that's cool. He bleeds out. He falls asleep in that recliner, and it looks like in the living room. And that's when everybody comes together, and they have their little party. Yeah, the Trilogy Pursuit party. Yeah. Followed by getting baked and... Luann having this freaky, weird, horny session. That is... (laughs) Like, what the fuck? So, okay, so... <laughs> oh, she says something. I do want to mention this, yeah. man. It was crazy because the first time through, I did not catch it because I wasn't paying it much attention. I heard what she said to uh, Brett, and she's like, if you don't fuck me, I want to tell everybody you're a faggot on the baseball team. <laughs> yeah, I heard that, <laughs> Or going too. faggot or something like that. Like, oh, like, damn. They were having some liberties with what they were saying in this film. So that part was absolutely ridiculous. That's one of the most ridiculous things I've seen since Crispin Glover's dancing. Uh, yeah, and that's pretty ridiculous, but it's we like it. Right. 
This I wouldn't have liked if it wouldn't have been for the fact that those other two were also looking at her like, what the fuck is they going like, on? If they would have been crazy. treating it like it was normal, I would have been like, no, nah, fuck. Yeah, this. that's no, but they not. were both like, what's this bitch doing? She smoked all the reaver. <laughs> well, we saw how much she pulled from the bag. Yeah. Too much. That was a thing. Before, she was putting EB down, and then after some trivial pursuit, she was like, no, nah, let's load this bitch up. Yeah, let's rip it up. But before, she was like, no, nah, it looks like a fucking wrinkly old man dick or something like that. I'm not wrapping my lips around that. <laughs> and I was like, what What fucking change, bitch? Yeah, what the fuck is that all about? I think she just doesn't like Lauren now. I think you're right. Yeah. So, those two pass out. Janet and... Thank fucking God. <laughs> yeah, that was getting really weird. He was giving some really realistic responses, though. Like, yeah, he was just he was like, if I ate this edible, (laughs) you know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah, perhaps. (laughs) But it gets for Alistair gets weird. He's going to kind of get into it. And then he pulls off this weird move where he's like, hold on, wait a minute. I think my buddy's dead. (laughs) Larnell. And he's like, oh, yeah, we fibbed about Bachman, too. Like, what the fuck, man? Yeah, he. That was an awkward time to do it. Maybe, you know, he's had a guilty conscience, seen his dead friend. <laughs> but, I mean, better they start figuring it out then, because, yeah. like, I would have liked to say that, like, I'd let her go down on me, and then we'll figure it out. Yeah, uh, I, but if she just gets sucked into EB <laughs> while she's going down on me, yeah. then I'm going to think I killed her somehow. And I'm not going to be able to think straight and figure out what the fuck's going on. You have a huge ego and a guilty conscience. <laughs> it's like, I hacked a girl to death? Plus, then it'll look like fucking... <laughs> Jimbo will come in and it'll look like I just gagged a girl to death my dick. I know. Like, <laughs> free lab dances. <laughs> but that's... Yeah, Brett and Luann wind up going into Bong World. <laughs> and uh, it's funny because that, she goes over... Luann, she goes over to... One of the demonic toys in this film was it Jack Attack or something like that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is really cool. And uh, she gets ushered away because she's getting all in Brett's face. He's like, "Look, I'm just you know, when in Rome, I'm just here to see some titties." When in Rome, but he runs into that girl you mentioned, Brandy Cunningham. Is that what you mm-hmm. said her name is? Yeah, who uh, they talked about earlier in the film. So there's a little bit of that, you know, what they say early on carries out. She's the girl that gives the toothy blowjob. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, she's like, well, let me uh, let me fix that. Let me show you what I've learned. Yeah. Now I can do it with my nipples. <laughs> <laughs> and fucks it's even more up. toothy. Yeah, fucks him up. And then that's uh, Alistair and Janet see the, the transference, it looks like, of the soul into EB in the, in the real world. And Janet succumbs because she smoked weed earlier. Right? Yeah. And then Tommy Tong shows up. And he's like, oh, hey, man, in the bug. <laughs> We're looking for you, man. <laughs> My fucking wife, man. Yeah. What the hell, man? Yeah, so uh, he gives the backstory like, yeah, he bought it. He's supposed to have some kind of like voodoo curse on it or whatever. His wife was hoping <laughs> to get rid of it. And she's the one who put the ad in, in High Times and all that shit. So he traced it down. He gives a little, like I said, a little bit of that backstory. And he encourages Alistair to smoke. Mm-hmm. So he can go, and he's like, no one's ever made it out of there, man. I mean, I made it out of there. I was lucky. <laughs> <laughs> like, this motherfucker is. So what do he do? It's funny, because it's like, he just shows up out of nowhere. <laughs> right? Yeah, it's just like his character in The 70s Show. <laughs> oh, fuck. Mm, take these vitamins, man. Yeah, he does give them or those. Take these, man. I think they're vitamins or something. <laughs> uh, he thinks. <laughs> yeah, we don't know. But you're right, he does give them that. You're your only chance to get out of there, man. <laughs> My boy gets high for the first time. He's like, oh, this isn't too bad. I mean, yeah, yep. Yeah, immediately. I was thinking, man, I can't ever recall ripping a bong, hitting a joint, blunt, you know, gravity bong, gas mat, you name it, and then immediately falling asleep. Yeah, nah, gravity bong would have been the closest to that. Yeah. But... No, for me, I can only speak, you know, of course, personal experiences. The most I'll get out of this is like, whew, get super stoned and want to like sit down somewhere and veg out but not necessarily pass out right yeah right. it's like i can still function minimally <laughs> <laughs> enough to feed myself drink something and possibly play a video game <laughs> perhaps watch a movie <laughs> or a show but um 
I'm not sure that's what gets our boy into uh, Bong World. More likely slowly scroll through memes <laughs> while it's, something's on the TV. <laughs> <laughs> memes are ruined my life. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> but I love them. While Alistair is in Bong World, Evie's kind of mocking him, taunting him. You know, the girls, the strippers are enticing him, dancing on him and all that shit. And he kind of fights it off. And he starts looking for Janet, of course. And she's getting like a... <laughs> she's getting a really exotic dance. Yeah, she in that is. cage. I was like, where the fuck this dude come from? I know. I was like, okay. I, that's weird, but okay. Like, she seems to be enjoying this way more than she should for what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> it is pretty funny, man. It's because of that reefer. Reefer will do that to them white women. That's very true. Yeah. <laughs> white woman loves the reefers. Let's see. Well, Al oh, does manage okay. to rip her away, which that part was kind of weird because it was all like kind of weird toxic masculinity. Like, you won't be with my girl, but like we're on our first date. I know. that's, <laughs> And she's into it. She's in the titty bar scene. <laughs> Male dancers. Yeah, she's getting grinded on. I think that's when they're starting to like, run into characters from other franchises. They run into uh, Tim Thomerson. Mm-hmm. Guy is Jack Death and uh, all those transfers films. Run into Bill Mosley. He's like, you know the way out? All right, whatever. Yeah. Peace, guys. Uh-huh. Catch you around. Yeah, good luck. Good luck, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so all that. But in the real world, Tommy Chong, Jim Leary, whatever, he's trying to bash EB. Oh, That's not right. working. Then he takes a and chainsaw like to her. him and stuff. That was all really fun. I like them talking yeah. about it. I mean, it's comedic. Like, it's pretty no, funny. I'm not here to get high. Yeah. Like, oh, you almost tricked me, man. <laughs> it's pretty funny. But uh, along the way, she eventually gets him because she releases that smoke. He's like, is, is that BC bud? <laughs> it's like he says he's, he's built a resistance to it, but he finally passes out. And they take the, uh, the, the vitamins. That's mm-hmm. what gets Janet back to, you know, so, I mean, like getting sober, I suppose. And she's like, what were you doing? And he's like, I found you like this. What are you fuck talking about? <laughs> yeah. I'm not, you know I ain't that dude. Get out of here. And he, he's like, that's not what I heard. <laughs> yeah. I was like, well, look where you're at. When in Rome. <laughs> Let them puppies breathe. <laughs> so they're having their little conversation, Jimbo. He comes packing is what it is. He's got the bomb strapped to him. He's going to take her out. I guess when you get sober in Bong World. You pop out of Bong World. That's what it seems like. Right. That's what I take it as. While you're there, you're intoxicated. You're fucking stoned, apparently. But as long as you don't get killed, right? she can't take your soul. So as so long you're as still you sober good. up, you're mm-hmm. good to go. Right. And then we do learn, I guess, while Jimbo's in there. So as long as you refuse lap dances. Yeah. I'm just here for gin tonic. Gin titties. <laughs> gin and boobies. <laughs> Ginger boobies. <laughs> but then the friends start to come back, right? I guess Brent and Luann, Larnell, Bachman... Everything seems kosher. <laughs> I, do, I do like when Tommy Chong comes back. <laughs> yeah, like, King oh. Chong. Yeah, that is so funny, King man. King Jimbo. Well, he mentions, too, like his wife got rid of his Hot Wheels mm-hmm. and all that shit. So, yeah, he has a re- he gets reunited with the Hot Wheels. Nay. You can play with nay. <laughs> Hot Wheels, man. Yeah, and it's like, oh, that's... My Matchbox, man. That's Whatever. pretty fun, man. I mean... He was having fun. The girls were having fun. It was a happy ending. Go down to the bush region. <laughs> yeah. Look at the rocky tree mountains. Yeah, go down to the bushes. <laughs> All right. I don't know. Did you watch this on Tubi? Yeah. Okay. So at the end of the credits, it kind of gives you uh, like a preview for the second one. I was like, what the fuck? Did this roll? Like when they released it on direct-to-video, did it roll with that over the credits as well? I wonder how many like... Because, like, that's bold. Be like, here's our trailer for our next movie. <laughs> I, I know, right? He had one in, he had like at least two in the bag, maybe three. Yeah. He was smart about it. <laughs> the only difference that I could, I could take from this is that there's a different Alistair in at least the next. That kind of bummed me out. Two. I actually kind of liked this Alistair by the end. Yeah, he's not a bad actor, too. No. The guy does a really good job. I think he's more into like producing and directing and shit like that, more so than acting. Mm. Uh, that's more his calling card. But. The other guys reprise the roles. The guy plays Bachman, Sweet. Larnell, and even Brett returns. And it's funny because we were saying, you know, on Brett. he's your jock, and but he's your stoner jock. But at some point, that jock part's going to fade. Yeah. And that's it looks like that's what happens in the second one because he says he can't stop eating because he has the munchies all the time. 
So a little bit of a spoiler there. <laughs> All right. There's two things I didn't want to bring up. Okay. That kind of, you know, round out the rest of this film for me. That really blew my mind. I brought this up during our uh, Guts and Bolts is the music department. And there's a couple of songs. I mean, there were some pretty big names, too. Insane Clown Posse and Twisted and uh, Cottonmouth Kings and all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, which is really cool. Yeah, Cypress Hill, Sean Dog. I, like, I, I felt there was a little bit of that Cypress Hill in this, too. You can't help it. But two guys, two actors, actually. One really blew my mind. One, I was like, okay, I get it. I can kind of get it. The first guy I'm going to mention is Dave Sheridan. We've actually talked about him before because he was one of the deputies in Devil's Rejects. He was a guy with the aviator glasses. Oh, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He helped write some music for this film because his You're band is called me? Van Stone. Okay. And the songs, I wrote them down. The songs that are on the soundtrack are called Parte Harde and We're Van Stone. So Dave Sheridan from Scary Movie, Deputy Doofy. Yeah. <laughs> that still blows my mind. He's in uh, Ghost World, dude. He's like the real buff mullet dude in okay. Ghost World. But yeah, he writes a couple songs in this. The other one, this is one that really blew my fucking mind. It's a guy named Robert Steinmiller. He was actually married at one point to the actress who played uh, Janet. That's uh, Kristen Green. They were okay. married from like, I think, somewhere in the mid 2000s. Anyway, he was in a movie called Jack the Bear with Danny DeVito and Julie Louis Dreyfus and Gary Sinise and the kid from Pet Cemetery. The kid plays Gage. <laughs> right? But he plays Jack in that film. And that's where I recognize him from. Right? But he actually wrote some songs, too, in this film. Jesus. Right? Yeah. He and, like, two or three other guys wrote a few songs. But the ones that he was credited on were Shake Your Boonkey, Bong Rasta, Mrs. Green, Wicked Weed, Hollow, Damn, and Ooh La La. I was like, damn. So that's what this kid has been up to since the early 90s. It was funny because I wasn't expecting these names on this film. But here they are, so... I took that away from him. I was like, that's kind of funny. That's a kind of a cool connection. So this is another one of those weird movies where it's low budget, kind of like Katie Bird, and the soundtrack is like turned up weirdly. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's a lot louder than it would be in most other movies, it seems like, even when like people are talking and shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. You're like, all right, you can play that music now. <laughs> but I will say, in my opinion... Mm -hmm. Whenever the soundtrack was more hip-hop or reggae, it was pretty baller. That one ballad was <laughs> weird as fuck. I know exactly what you're talking about, too. I know exactly what you're talking about. And the rock songs were pretty horseshit. <laughs> I want to hear some rock and roll. <laughs> like, what kind of bullshit riff was that? Right. <laughs> some guy, yeah, some guy Any fucking around the hip-hop or reggae stuff, though? Yeah, that was Not hype. bad. Right. Not bad. And there was the stuff we had mentioned. All right. There was one thing I did want to ask you, because I didn't know how much you were paying attention. In this film, you don't have to pay attention a whole lot, to be quite frank, to, to follow what the hell is going on. Just them boobies. There was a part in the very beginning of the film, I was like, hold on. I, <laughs> I said, all right. It was when Larnell was inviting Alistair into the dorm. Okay. And as he's walking in, you know, they're facing each other. And the guy that was playing Larnell turns his back and he's like explaining shit. His voice changes because I know oh, they no, use that was ADR. Total ADR. <laughs> There's a couple spots in this film where Grandpa's I was like, Grandpa's got some ADR yeah, too. It's like it's total ADR. But it's kind of neat when you can catch it. You're like, oh shit, that's, yeah, I can definitely hear it. All right, I wasn't sure if you heard that too. <laughs> Honestly, that shot from behind might have been a fake shim. Oh, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me too. You, you might be right. Like, I'm, I'm not positive, but. It wouldn't surprise me. I enjoyed this a lot more than I thought I was going to. Yeah. Uh, what I was going to say earlier at the very end of The Guts and Bolts is this plays like a tamer, D-list sex comedy. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah, it, because it does have the nudity and all that mm -hmm. stuff, but it doesn't get vulgar with it, you know? Right. It's more, it's more or less kind of a little bit of a throwback to like some of the 70s comedies that did that. You know, like Porky's and shit like that. Yeah. You know, you see some boobs and stuff like that, but it wasn't gratuitous. See, yeah, and like Porky's is kind of like the better end of the sex comedies. I was thinking more like, uh, I don't like Return oh. to Savage Beach or something. Oh, I mean, this is some this is some shit that you would probably catch on USA back in the nineties. Yeah. I mean, even though this is, of course, it was made in two thousands, but it has that feel like an up all night, something you catch on Cinemax real late at night. If you're young, and you want to see some tits. 
you know, you're like, oh yeah, this is the film. This has that feel, but tamer. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Because it's not a bad feel. It's a weird vintage that only appeals to some of us because we lived that <laughs> existence. But <laughs> yeah, it's like, all right, it's a stoner comedy about an evil bong. It has you know the who's who. We get to see Tommy. We get to see Bill, which is cool. Some mm-hmm. other guys. So, you know, and like I said, it's a full moon feature. So you, you kind of know what to expect. Or at least I hope you would. If not, then should have done a little bit more research. Fuck your face. <laughs> should have done a little bit more research. But because I know that, it's like, this is actually a cool film because it does throw in those other characters. But because we know there are sequels later on down the road, too. I do know that Ginger Dead Man's involved. I don't know how extensively the other characters that we got well, I think from the one with Ginger Dead Man on, they're considered non-canon, even though they've done, like, four of them. Oh, yeah, they just did their own shit with it. Like, well, I would love to find out the story behind why that split occurs. That but, is interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we'll that seems nonsensical. We'll have to stay tuned. Uh, and, like, a rift that nobody probably gives a shit about. Uh, but maybe. I mean, there's some you fans out I mean? there. Yeah. I liked Uga Booga's appearance in this. I, like, I thought he gave a, a pretty solid performance. I thought it was wild as fuck <laughs> that they just had him beaten off to dude getting killed. Yeah, just like wildly too. It's like that's crazy. I'm like, um, let's be real. Like Uga Booga's appearance is questionable as it is. Yeah, I mean it's, that's <laughs> like about as borderline racist as you're gonna get. But it's playing into um, not necessarily Puppet Master. I think there was a, a doll graveyard. Mm-hmm. That he originated from, and some of these other characters. Some of the, they're more tied, probably like they mentioned voodoo in this. Yeah. So you could say possibly it's associated with that because it might take place in the deep south and all that stuff. Well, and I think if they only would have ever shown Ooga Booga jerking off to people oh, getting God. killed, it would have been worse. <laughs> but when you start realizing that they're doing all these cameos from their different IPs, when like yeah. Ginger Dead Man shows up and Jack Death <laughs> and all that shit. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and it, it's cool, man, you know. I thought it was neat, just like... Because it is Charles Band. It'd be something like what Lloyd Kaufman would do yeah. with some of his characters and whatnot. So uh, that's why I say it feels right at home, so to speak. So I enjoyed it. I thought it was a cool film. It's kind of hard to know what to expect when, you know, you haven't seen a film, especially one like this. Because on the poster, you see Tommy Chong all over it. So I was expecting him to be a little bit more involved. But I wasn't disappointed with the four guys. I think everybody no. did a pretty decent job for what they had to do. There was more tits than I was expecting. Yeah, a lot more booze. Yeah, exactly. Not that I was disappointed. All right. This might be a little controversial. <laughs> Sometimes you got to bring it up. And this is more, well, not necessarily. I was going to say it was more of a dude question, but not necessarily. I was going to ask fake versus natural. Because there's a lot of fake boobies in this film. Yeah, I mean. I mean, I'm not disappointed. I'm but not I'm like, disappointed. Uh, I definitely have a preference. Yeah. Can be natural, but I ain't disappointed. They yeah. look good. I, yeah, if, exactly. they, if it's a well done job, I ain't mad at it. It's it depends how well it's done. Well, and exactly, and if it gives that person that confidence and they feel good about themselves, and who am I? Flaunt them if you got them. Just don't get substandard work. Exactly. That's in like everything. That's not even just for oh, boob jobs. Across like. the board. <laughs> across the board. Right. You pay for what you get. Yeah. So if you're going to do it, pay for it. Exactly. Make Don't sure you got cheap shit. Yeah, make sure you got a professional. That's right. <laughs> but uh, yeah, overall, exit. I think for people like ourselves who enjoy good comedies, good stoner comedies, with a very very light sprinkle of horror. <laughs> yeah, that's a fun film, man. I'd say check it out if you haven't before. Yeah, yeah, like it's very very light sprinkling of horror. Technically horror. Right. I get it. Yeah. We all get it. It's kind of what I knew I was going to get into because. <laughs> yeah. When it's a stoner comedy, that does tend to overshadow a lot more of the other parts, no matter what's going on. Yeah, we've we've noticed that firsthand, but that's okay. It's a part of it. But we're going to see how next week turns out when we explore Hansel and Gretel Get Baked. That's going to be fun. Which, as I've told you like ten times now, I keep hearing across the board way better things than I ever expected from a movie with that title. Well... I'm all for it. I like uh, a little bit of fairy tale with getting baked. Yeah, because we can't just help you celebrate 420. <laughs> we have to celebrate it, too. Right, right. It's a communal thing. It's not just about us. It's about everybody. It's all inclusive. 
So prepare for two weeks of us getting stupid stoned. Uh, in order to listen to that, please hit subscribe however you're listening to us right now. Also, if you could rate and review however you're listening to us right now, that would be super fucking cool. Because algorithms. Y'all know algorithms. Right. That's something I've noticed a lot with YouTube. Like if you start searching for several things or, you know, limited to a certain subject, that's all you're going to start finding. That's right. <laughs> so get us in there. Get us in there. You can always go check out the website, www.friedsquirms.com. That'll have all the back catalog. It's probably the easiest way to contact us, honestly, because it's just like clicking links and shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's right. But you can also contact us by hitting us up at squirmcast.gmail.com. While you're over at the website, though, if you start clicking the links through the top, you'll notice that we're part of the Earworm Podcast Network. Uh, you can go check out the other shows on the network. Listen to me talk about nerdy shit over on General Nerdery. And we're actually dropping a 420 episode as well. So you can hear us go talk about Jay and Silent Bob reboot. Nice, man. That's awesome, dude. Reboot to the nooches. Snoochy boochies. Or you can listen to my co-host from there, Zach, talk about war and how it relates to war gaming, like 40K and Belagarth and stuff, over on the Art of War Gaming. More shows are to come, which is why, if you want to keep up with everything happening over at Earworm, check out earworm.com, E-A-R-V-V-Y-R-M.com. Social media, search for Fried Squirms, it's easy to find us. Yeah, across the platforms. One last thing, if you have good movie recommendations, suggestions, or once again, if you're a filmmaker and you have a film that needs some eyeballs, we're always up for the challenge, so uh, hit us up. I love you. Yeah, we love you. Celebrate 420 responsibly, but definitely enjoy yourselves. I'm Tyler. I'm Danny. Fried Squirms, out. out. <coughs>